Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Welcome to ID Podcast. What's going on, guys? Thank you for joining us on the show today. 
Yeah, we have a interesting episode today. Probably one of the, its first of its kind, a little therapy session that Chase and I went through with our guest, Wendy. And Wendy Dumbroff is a licensed professional counselor in private practice in Madison, New Jersey, where she specializes in individual couples and family therapy. And she also uh, specializes in incorporating mindfulness and meditation into her practice. Yeah, as Sarah mentioned, it, it was basically like a therapy session for us, and we didn't set out for it to be, but I thought maybe it would go in that direction. Uh, we talk about control issues in the relationship, but this really can apply to any conflict resolution, and uh, it's definitely, I would say, the most vulnerable we've both been on the show. It wasn't anything uncomfortable, but we were very open um, with the issues we face in our relationship, primarily uh, focusing in on this one. And I know we came away with a, a better understanding of how to navigate it. It's something we've been working on for a while, but hopefully you guys can take the tools, take the experiences that both Sarah and I are referencing, and I think you're going to be able to apply them to your relationship and hopefully see some, uh, some progress. So as always, thank you guys so much for listening and uh, giving us those five-star reviews. And we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, Wendy. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Hi. Hi, Chase and Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate being here. Wendy, we've given our listeners a little overview, told them about yourself. Why don't you take a minute and mm -hmm. tell us why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships? Well, I that's a great question. And I, I really, really love the work that I do. I feel like counseling is some sort of calling in a way. And what I love to do with people is have couples come in here and, and sometimes they are so distraught and so unhappy and they, they're just at an impasse and they don't know how to move past it. And when you can explain to people what's going on and sort of give them a aerial view of what's going on in their relationship um, and then help them to see that and they kind of get the, oh, wow, yeah, and see them work together to make changes in that. It's it's such a good feeling. And not only that, I mean, there's so much at stake with couples. You know, most of the couples I work with have children and um, preserving the family and, and helping them create a different model of relationship for their children as well as improving their own relationship. It's all so important. It's such important work. So it's it really... Um, it's really something very much in my heart, and I love what I do. It is important work, and we are thankful for people like yourself who are experts and have studied and worked with people, and we just feel fortunate to be able to share it and, and get the information for, for ourselves and then also share it with our listeners. And today's episode is going to be another valuable one for Sarah and I, and I think a lot of our listeners out there, and we're going to zero in and talk about dealing with control issues in the relationship. And I know that will lead us down a lot of different pathways with communication and um, mm. all important topics. So why don't we start with 
how to deal with control issues, whether you're the one that feels like you're always controlling or the partner on the receiving end. And I know I tend to be controlling in our relationship. Uh, obviously, there's various degrees, mm-hmm. but it's something um, I try to work on. And so I'm definitely interested to see how I can improve. Mm. Well, that is just a beautiful topic and question to talk about because it is a huge thing that happens. And it's interesting that you bring it up from the perspective of the one who is doing the controlling and then the partner on the other end who is being controlled. And control is definitely an issue that comes up. Oh, he, she, they, they're trying to control me. They're trying to do this, 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 and make sure I'm this, 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 or make sure everything is done. This, 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 there's many forms that the control itself can take. So first of all, what people call and they talk about communication or control or whatever it is, we have to unpack what it is that someone's saying, right? Well, what do you mean by control? Illustrate it for me. How does it occur? Does it occur in your, you're not allowed out on the weekends without your partner? Does it occur in um, about cleaning the house? How does, so you have to really, whatever issue is brought to you, you need to understand it, even with sex, by the way. When they say we don't have sex, I have to say, well, how do you define sex? So I want to know with people, you know, how do they, what do they mean by that? What do they mean by control? And so let's say somebody says, well, um, they're always telling me, you know, how I have to do something or what to do or who to do it with or how I should do it. Or I'm on the phone having a conversation with the guy who's supposed to come and fix the air conditioning. And they're saying, no, tell him this. You're not saying the right thing. Tell him this, whatever it is that there's in some way they're feeling controlled. And there's a lot of things to think about when it comes to this issue, because Whatever stresses on the surface, right, we have to kind of drop down below it and see what's there. So, for instance, why would a person want to control in whatever way it is they're controlling? Let's say in this case, making sure that everything gets done right and everything is done the way they think it should be done. And otherwise, you know, what what are they worried about? What will happen if things don't happen that way? And uh, And then you take the exploration a little bit farther. Firstly, helping them to see what the impact of that is on their partner, because maybe when they try and control, 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 and then they complain, well, if I don't, my partner won't do anything. And the partner says, well, I never do anything right. So if I do anything to start with, you'll just come in and tell me I did it wrong. And so why should I do anything? I'm just going to wait for you to tell me how to do it. Right. And so it becomes a cycle that you can see, well, the partner isn't doing anything because no matter what they do, they're going to do it wrong. But the less that they do, the more controlling the other one gets. And the more controlling the other one gets, the more the other one shuts down and you can see the cycle. So being able to pull that cycle out and show them one so that they can see the impact of their behavior so that both sides can see the impact of their behavior um, is one thing. And there's the other piece of it. Why does this person control? Well, 
was doing a little family of origin exploration. Well, if I didn't make sure everything got done in my childhood, my parents were neglectful. They didn't check to see if my homework was done. They didn't make sure there was dinner on the table. They didn't do take care of my little brother or sister. So I had to be the one who always made sure that things went smoothly. And if I didn't do that, well, the whole family was in disarray. And so there's a lot of pieces that get packed into, oh, he or she is controlling. And, you know, I don't like that. Does that make sense? Is that uh... Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, it's with a lot of these topics, it's, it's uh, tackling a big issue and distilling it down to, to a 45-minute podcast is, is helpful. But, sure. But it, it is uh, – it, these issues are complex. So you've given us some great understanding of introspectively looking at where the control issues are coming from and, and understanding that. And why don't we talk a little bit about how to communicate around this? Because I know just from examining my own history and my own control issues, a lot of the way I exhibit it is not, well, for me, it's, I'm trying to make you know think about how I'm usually expressing it. It's that I'm trying to change Sarah to how I want her to be in in not in a in my view and I'll let Sarah speak for herself in an overly controlling way what we've discussed and come to find out together is that Sarah <laughs> no one wants to feel like they're being controlled but but Sarah in Part of what I love about her, she's very independent and and strong willed, and that's how she needed to be growing up, you know, in her family, and mm-hmm. she was independent, and and so having me, and this is based on our conversations. I'll let Sarah speak for herself, but having me, you know, say something like, "Hey," uh, and then I, I'm jumping around here, but let's <laughs> let's say I would say something like, you know, "Hey, why don't you?" work out with me and and we've discussed how I I enjoy when she does that because that makes me feel feel loved and and then a lot of times it makes her <laughs> want to do it less because it feels like I'm uh-huh. controlling her and that's what you mentioned so so I'll say that uh-huh. and then what I struggle with too is you know I recognize that and then but where do I draw the line and say what needs of mine are like, how do I express my needs? Because that might be something that I, that I want and need, but it comes out as controlling. So it's like this funny dance. I'm, I'm, I'm being a bit long winded here, but I hope that makes sense. No, it's a great word, a dance, because there is a dance that all couples do. And it's their cycle, like I pointed out before with, uh, you know, I want to tell you how to do things. And the more you tell me, the less, uh, the more I shut down and the more I shut down, the more you tell me. And this is, it's actually something that I draw for couples. I draw it in a circle and I show them that you get triggered by X, whatever it is. And what I'm hearing you say, Chase, is that for you, it's a feeling of, of closeness. And I think you said um, uh, that you feel, you feel loved when you do things together, right? When you work out together and you go to the gym together, it's something that 
that that togetherness makes you feel loved. Yep. Is that right? Do uh-huh. I hear that right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And so who doesn't want love, right? And so when Sarah, uh, but when she hears that, come to the gym with me, why don't you come to the gym with me? You, What do you feel there, Sarah? What is that like for you? Or what makes you kind of like want to do it less when that happens? Well, it's not so much that I want to do it less. And I think it would be different if we actually worked out together. But it's not... His workouts are more part of his job and lifestyle because he does professional paddleboarding. And my workouts are more like yoga, go for a run. So they're not really things that we do together. But I do understand Uh that by doing those activities, it makes him feel loved because... That's just something that he enjoys having as a partner who is active like he is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, and, and Chase also mentioned that in your family growing up, you were independent and, and that it, he said you had to be growing up. Is, yeah, that, well, is that right? And honestly, if, yeah. I, if you guys don't want to talk about oh, no, this, this on air, I don't want this to, is, do. I don't want to. Yeah, no, this is here. what we do. So no, this is great. What you're comfortable with and what you're not. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. I mean, I was independent in the, in, in the sense that I was raised by a single parent, my mom, and she worked a lot. And although oh. I had my grandparents around to help raise me, you know, I, I was very independent. And some of the biggest issues we have when Chase is, um, I feel being controlling is I also feel like I'm being parented and that kind of, it does trigger me. So I do know that. Yeah. And that makes sense. I would say that makes a lot of sense because if your mom wasn't around a lot, she was a single parent and she was doing stuff. So you learned, okay, I kind of got to do what I got to do to, to survive here, right? My my grandparents are here, and I'm not unsupervised. She's made sure of that, but she's not really here to do things for me. So was it hard then? Then I'm just wondering, a thought that comes to me is, what happened when she did try and tell you what to do and she did try and parent? Um, was it a similar feeling like, hey, don't show up now and parent me when I've been doing X, Y, Z all along? I, a- I didn't really feel that way until... She um, got married when I was 16. So mm. it was it was just her and I for the first 16 years. And I, I don't remember there any resentment or anything like that about not wanting to be parented. Um, uh-huh. The only time I had those types of feeling is when she got married. And this was the first time I'd ever met any man in her life. And it was kind of a you know, a shocker. It was different. I felt like my mom was being taken away. And then when I was Uh, being disciplined, then I guess you could say I was kind of like, Hey, you know, I got this. (laughs) Don't tell me what to do type of mentality. But I mean, I guess that, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, (laughs) it does make sense. And it makes a lot of sense in the context of that feeling coming up around Chase sort of becoming parental, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. I've been doing this my whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Now, not only are you bringing this guy in and and I'm, I'm losing you even more than I already didn't have you, right? And now you're going to kind of tell me what to do. Whoa, wait a minute, 
right? And, and from the perspective of a 16-year-old, you can understand that. And so maybe just a hypothesis, right? So I would start to conceptualize this for a couple. I would draw this circle. So what triggers you is when, like, you feel like you're being parented, right? Being told what to do, being parented. And that kind of makes you, what did you do with mom then? Like, how did you, you know, what, what did you actually do when you were a kid? I think I listened pretty well. I was never really in in trouble. I mean, I guess you have uh-huh. the the rebellion stage in high school, but I nothing crazy. Yeah. I mean, I drank a okay. couple times, like nothing, you know. Yeah. Right. So normal rebellion, normal teenage rebellion. And by the way, this is happening around the time in we put it in context of being an adolescent. Right. Right. I mean, adolescent and it's in the best of cases is difficult. And so here you are, 16-year-old girl, and all of a sudden, all this other stuff is happening, and you're like, whoa, don't, you know, so so there's kind of like some pushback. I I would imagine there was some pushback, like, hey, don't be telling me what to do, and a little bit of pushback, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And, And that's, so that you know, and this is very skeletal because obviously it's just a a, a quick um, right. interview here, relatively short interview. So we can understand that your initial reaction, I imagine, is kind of to like tighten up when you have that feeling like, hey, you're coming in and you are, uh, you're you're trying to control me. You're trying to parent me. Back off, buddy. Right. Right. Yeah. And you tend to pull pull back even farther. Right? right? No way. I'm not doing that with you, pulling back. And I'm going to say that for you, Chase, when that happens, what do you feel? What is that like for you? I I feel like I'm, I'm uncertain. I don't feel hurt. I feel, and this is what I was uh, talking about earlier, is I, I have these feelings that I want to express and communicate. And, and we'll just go with the example. Like I said, hey, you know, hey, are you going to work out this week or, or whatever, let's say that we're talking about that, then I know based on our 10 years together, and, and we're we're much better now at this than, mm-hmm. than in times past, but that she is going to put up her defenses and, and Sarah is going to, to get that trigger. But it's like I can't help myself because it's important to me. And this is like that circle mm-hmm. that we're talking about. And, yes. and so I've learned that it's pretty counterproductive to say anything. Um, and and we've had okay. many discussions about this. And it gets pretty deep that I've I've come to understand that, I you know, my love language is is – several things, but one of them being, uh, you know, touch and, and, uh, and affection. And somehow I feel like that's wrapped into this working out thing. And, and, and with the, like, I'll give an example. A couple of weeks ago, my family was together and my brother and sister, um, were there with me. And every day we were together for a week on this lake and every day, my brother and sister and I were like 
doing like an hour workout. We all played. I, my sister and I played college sports. My brother didn't, but he's super active. And so mm-hmm. it's just like in our genes and, and we, we kind of bond that way. Like we right. were swimming across the lake every day, doing push-ups on the swim platform. And I, I use that as an example to Sarah of like, because sometimes it comes out as me trying to control her and like, Hey, I want you mm-hmm. to do this. But I say like, I don't know what it is, but in, that's like how I express love with my, my siblings. Like we we're just active together or, or even separately. And we have this bond. And and so anyways, but it's like very, Sarah is not that way. <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> I, was, like, I was sitting on the dock cheering them on. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, okay. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so that's just kind of an example. And again, it's hard to articulate exactly what that is, but there's some way that, in my family, yeah. we expressed affection and, and obviously that relates to my parents too. And, and so, but it's like this theme but between Sarah and I that she's very much not like that. And it's like, mm, yeah. So, so yeah, that, I think that kind of hopefully paints a better okay. picture. Yeah, it does. And actually as the, the two of you were talking, I'm, I'm drawing the drawing that I draw for my clients and so it's not that you feel um it's not that you feel uh you, what you feel is uncertain uncertainty uncertainty and i i just asked you to define that a little more uncertainty of the of love uncertainty of of closeness um what what is it that you're what what is wrapped into that uncertainty yeah, as far as I mean, specifically, it's just when I ask for it, it's just it, the best way to describe it is it comes natural. It's how I feel love. But then in relation to the conflict that it creates, I feel conflicted in with myself because I know like I have these feelings and I'm trying to examine and I want to I want to be like, well, you know what? I just accept Sarah unconditionally and she doesn't. I should I should feel that she doesn't need to do these things because it shouldn't matter and whatever she does should be fine and but but so I'm like battling that because I do have this strong sense of validation or or bonding that I feel when when my partner is active when my brother and sister are active when my you know our family expresses love this way so I'm I'm conflicted in just do my feelings, am I being selfish? Am I, am I, should I just accept Sarah unconditionally? What is, and, and this relates to different things too, but I, I feel it powerfully here. And I think our listeners will too in different circumstances. And it's a broader theme I'd like to explore, but like, mm-hmm. do I just accept her unconditionally or, or like, but I do kind of have these conditions that help. And, and that's the, the conflict that that I am in and and that we've navigated and like I said we've had many of these conversations and facilitated mm-hmm. by the information on this podcast and we're gonna have even better information now but uh so yeah I, I guess that's the best way I can describe it um, of this mm-hmm. okay so it sounds like there is for you there's a yearning there's a yearning to feel close and when and when that feeling is uncertain for you, there's there's a reaching out and um, a, a wanting to bring in and bring closer through these ways that you 
that you really have learned in your life to feel close with your family. So in your family, what I'm hearing is doing active things together was something that made you feel connected. Yes, is that right? Do I have that right? Uh, Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And when you reach out for that and you want that and you want to move away from this uncertainty and you just have this love that you want to express and feel, um, it, 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 you, then you, Sarah, feel controlled, parented, which is sort of something that you tend to push back from. And the more you push back, then for you, Chase, the more uncertain you feel. And the more you want to, the more you'll be yearning for that uncertainty to diminish. And the way that you want to gain that is through uh, shared um, activity. And so you might pursue that again and then, and then round you go in that cycle. Does that, does that sound right? Do I have that right? Yep. That's pretty accurate. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And so your question is, well, do I just, do I just abolish my needs here, right? And say, that's it. You know, I just can't have that. And I have to learn to live in this, in this marriage this way. Or, you know, do, do I have a right to, to ask for this? Do you feel loved? And is, is that, is that what you're asking? Should yeah, I continue I think, to do this? And, I, um, is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, I think it kind of, it, it uh, that's a good way to boil it down. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sarah, I would ask you: Are you hearing anything that you didn't know from no. from Chase, or no. the two of you sort of been through this a yeah. million times? We've been through this a lot. <laughs> okay, all right. So, what comes up with you when you hear that Chase is yearning for closeness from you, and that it feels you know uncertain for him when there's when there's not that closeness? What do you, what what happens for you? It's complex because you know, of course, I want to give it to him. I want to feel I want him to feel close to me. But the issue that always arises and I think it's very specific to this situation is the difference is because we're really talking about my body. And if it was like <laughs> something else like he was really wanting me to clean the house a certain way or do something you know, do external, external, I feel like it would be a little bit different, but since it's my body and it's the only thing I have control over, I guess you could say, I feel like Uh, it's being taken away. Like if if that makes sense. So in any other situation, I would definitely just be like, yes, I I want you, I want us to feel connected. Mm. I want us to feel loved. But in this particular one, there is a constant struggle and a, a lot of the reasons, too, is I didn't grow up exactly like Chase did, where physical activity was part of, um, you know, my daily routine that I did with siblings or my parents. And so it's a, mm-hmm. a little bit different. I do it now because it's it's healthy and I want to be healthy for our family and for my daughter. But it's not like it's something that's ingrained in me to do on a daily basis. And when things arise, like I'm really busy with work or other things, it's goes on the back burner. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas for Chase, it'll always be on the front 
burner, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh-huh. I see. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And Chase, can you tell me a little bit more about your your parents and, and how this also, because it sounds like all your siblings, that you all sort of bond this way. And what, what was it like with your parents and, and growing up and how did it, uh, how did that, how did that, it, was that something where you felt love? With your, with your, in your family, is that how you felt love from your parents, and did they show it any other way? Yes, yeah, I felt love, and and through a lot of the information on this podcast and reading, I've come to find that I, I feel love through touch. As I guess you could say, it's like in words of affirmation, as far as my love languages, and then related to my parents, you know, my dad played. Uh, basketball professionally in Europe a little bit, and and I looked up to him for that. And I I played basketball all the way up until college. In large part, I had loved the game, but obviously a, a certain element is trying to to seek validation from from my dad. Mm-hmm. And I've come to realize mm-hmm. that. And and my mom was a nice counter to that. She she was very uh, she was a synchronized swimmer at at basically mm-hmm. a professional level. And so very active histories. And then together as a family, we didn't necessarily like do stuff as a family, like all go on a run or anything, but we were always playing sports. And then we just, my parents were active. And so it was just, it's kind of a thing that was there, but they were very supportive in, in other ways too. Like, it, you know, uh, verbally words of affirmation, um, so yeah. it I for me it wasn't very unhealthy. Um at the time mm-hmm. it didn't feel that way and then looking back at it um it didn't. But where it did, you know, where I have come to realize is that I did seek validation from my dad and in approval mm-hmm. um by mm-hmm. being a a good basketball player or and like I said, I mean, and Sarah and I have talked about this. I I loved basketball. Like there was you couldn't put any amount of pressure on me that would make me spend eight hours in the gym, but I did like, cause I, I really did love it, but there was an element of seeking sure. validation. So, so there, there was that. And I think that is the, un, uh, the unhealthy part and, and part of, um, in, in that, and that goes back to my con- conflicting feelings of like, I, I've looked at this and, and examined it and, it doesn't necessarily change like the way I express myself now or the way I feel love. And I do want to get better at not needing, you know, external validation, but that's where mm-hmm. uh, we, we posed the question yeah. earlier of like, do you, do you ask, do you tell yourself, well, do I just abolish these feelings and, and say, well, I got to figure out a way to, to feel loved in other ways. And, and um so yeah that's that's a bit of my history uh, yeah so um yeah so that's a lot of information and so i think that abolishing feelings <laughs> i don't think any of us want to do that right and even when we try i mean feelings are one thing we can't help we cannot help how we feel however we can help what we do right um so Yearning for closeness is actually quite a beautiful thing. Yearning for closeness with your partner 
is quite a beautiful and wonderful thing. Who would want to get rid of that? And it sounds like there's a big part of knowing that you're okay, feeling validated, it is, is really packed into this whole exercise thing, right? And that, Sarah, that's just not your thing, right? This is your body. This is not what, you know, you have autonomy over your body and you don't want to work out every day. And, and actually, you guys do different kinds of workouts because you do different things, right? And so um, that, that for you, and, and you know, I realize we, this is a very uh, abbreviated time that we have together here, but, um, and, and growing up for you, Chase, it sounds like, and, and please at any point, uh, check in with me if what I'm saying doesn't resonate or doesn't feel right. Cause I'm only just meeting the two of you mm-hmm. and, and, and just sort of hypothesizing in the limited time we have. But so you said over and over, validation was built into this like love of basketball. I connected basketball was a way I could connect to my dad and really feel like I was okay in his eyes. So, you know, little boy growing up, like looking up at dad and knowing that that made you good to him, you know, that's something you pursued. And then it was a way you really felt love and approval from him. And so that, and, and that permeated in your family that, that, that translated to your siblings and you get along that way. And that was a way of, of, you know, when I say the word survival, in some cases in families, and I'm only hearing little bits of, of your families, but sometimes the way we cope in childhood really is survival, right? Like a guy who, I'm not, this isn't your situation, but a guy whose father is an alcoholic, right? And he learns just to be so aware of, of just the, the way he walks into the house or the, the tone of his voice, because that could literally mean life and death. How do I approach this man, right? And so you learn to cope in certain ways. and. And that keeps us alive, maybe physically, maybe emotionally, in the families that we grow up in. And then we get into our adult life and our adult relationships. And sometimes the coping mechanisms of the past are not necessarily useful. But there's nothing wrong with desiring love and affection and wanting to move away from a place of uncertainty. Um, and sometimes our past collapses into our present, like where there was uncertainty in childhood, there may not be uncertainty. Well, Sarah may say, no, I love you. What more do you want? I love you. I want to be with you. I married you. We're raising a child together. I'm here, babe. You know, we, I love you. Um, but, but for you, you may need something more to know that. And I wonder that, um, without the activity of exercise, if you could even right now just turn to Sarah and if you can think of it and tell her, hey, you know, sometimes when I do this, it's because I really want to feel loved. And is there a message or something that Sarah could give to you in that moment, short of going to the gym with you for the next hour or two, that would say, babe, I love you. I'm here for you. How would you know that? Would would it be holding you? Would it be taking your hand? Would it be words? Um, what would you ask for from her 
just to let her know, I guess I'm feeling uncertain and I want to connect to you and I want to be close to you. Yeah, we've we've talked about it and, and we kind of came to uh, touch. So, I, and that's, uh, I mentioned earlier, I've, I feel yeah. very uh, loved when she just gives me a hug and, and just out of uh-huh. nowhere. And we've talked about it on the podcast mm-hmm. before and how impactful mm-hmm. that can be, even just a hand on the shoulder, um, une- you know, unexpectedly with, with her initiating. So that is a way um, okay. outside of working out, you know, to feel that, that uh-huh. love. And, okay. and on that note, sorry to interrupt you, but like, so then even going to that, I, I feel and we we run into this issue sometimes too is we tend to over i tend to over examine things and and be introspective and especially with information from this podcast and trying to apply it and and just i'm i'm a more of the emotional <laughs> side <laughs> um mm-hmm. but uh so then even sometimes i'll feel like i'm not feeling that external that that touch you know that sarah is maybe Mm -hmm. initiating and we've run into problems where i i bring that up and then sarah will be like well i'm trying and and rather than maybe just not bringing it not communicating hey i i would like it if you if you did that more just like that constant reminder and and i understand like it doesn't come naturally to sarah and i think we are very different in in the way we receive love and she has communicated her ways. I don't want to make this all about me and, and I've tried to meet those, but it's like this this dance and Sarah seems a lot more has has the ability to to just kind of let it be and let it ride and and if she's not mm-hmm. having her needs met, she'll just She's okay. Like, and I'm, I'm a bit needier, I guess is, mm-hmm. is the word mm-hmm. relatively. Yeah. So anyways, and, and yeah. you know, that makes sense because considering Sarah, just a little bit, I know about your upbringing, you didn't always get those needs met, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of had to figure it out for yourself mm-hmm. and that's what you did. Right. Yeah. And so it doesn't come necessarily naturally to reach out and just sort of touch chase on the, shoulder if you're walking out the door together or um, washing the dishes, you know, after dinner, you know, cleaning up after dinner, just to kind of put your arm around his waist or something. It it may not come naturally because um, you developed a way to, your survival was just, okay, I got to get this done. I got to get this, got to take care of myself because nobody else is really going to do it for me. Right. And so, for for each of you, and and, and uh, just as a, you said something, Chase said. So then I start asking Sarah for that more, and I'm sure that brings up the same feeling that come to the gym with me brings up, right? Then it's kind of like, oh, now you're trying to tell me what to do, right? Now you're trying mm-hmm. to tell me I should touch you more, right? Now it's another complaint about me not being doing this enough. Is that is that right? Does that yeah. Yes, and we've we've talked yeah. about it many times, and then it'll uh-huh. it'll be that control. But then I also think it's like she is trying, and I know she's trying. But then 
sometimes uh-huh. it doesn't feel that way. And then, so then I'll communicate it. And then she's like, well, I am trying, you know what I mean? It's like this cycle. Yeah. Um, sure. We're both yeah. aware of it, you know, but it's, it's tricky. But before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by JJ Virgin seven day stop, drop and swap challenge. The seven day challenge is designed to help you stop classic symptoms of food intolerance and drop up to seven pounds in seven days by swapping out seven problem foods for healthy, tasty alternatives. And just a reminder, those seven problem foods are gluten, soy, dairy, eggs, peanuts, corn, and sweeteners. Yesterday was the last day of the challenge and Sarah and I both feel great. I feel a lot better having just not eaten dairy. I think I might be a little sensitive to dairy and I might have been a little less gassy. Just ask Sarah. <laughs> she might she might have appreciated that. But a lot less gassy. Yeah. So if you do the <laughs> challenge just for that, I mean, you're going to feel better. And if you lose weight, that's like an added bonus. Yes, I agree. I feel so much less bloated from swapping out that soy milk for coconut milk. So if this is the first time you've heard about the seven-day JJ Virgin Challenge, it involves drinking two delicious smoothies a day plus one traditional meal. Or if you're not a smoothie kind of person... They offer plenty of extra recipes if you prefer to do with uh, only one shake or zero shakes a day. They also provide free guides to help people adapt the challenge if they're vegan, eating paleo, or feeding a family. And Sarah and I love the challenge so much, and she appreciated the uh, lack of gassiness. Less gassy cheese. (laughs) (laughs) That we're going to start another round next week. So for those of you who reached out about joining the challenge, here's your chance. The best part is you get to sign up for free, sign up today, and you can start with us next Wednesday. So go to jjvirgin.com forward slash I do and sign up for free. Again, that's jjvirgin.com forward slash I do sign up for the free challenge. Today's episode is also sponsored by our course, Spark My Relationship. We started I Do Podcast to get information to improve our own relationship. We thought at the very least we'll be able to do that and then to share it with our listeners. The guests are great and we've gotten a ton of valuable information, but we found that if we don't actually deliberately take the time to implement the strategies and tools that our guests give us, we weren't seeing the real lasting benefits that we desired in our relationship. And that's why we created the Spark My Relationship course. We've collaborated with 15 psychologists and therapists to create a comprehensive relationship course that not only teaches you the skills needed to create a successful and lasting relationship, but the tools to execute it. By enrolling in the online course, you'll have access to the same strategies and tools that marriage therapists teach their clients, including therapist-taught video lessons with workbooks and exercises to help you work towards accomplishing your relationship goals in less than 90 days. You'll also learn how to detox unhelpful relationship habits and learn healthy ways to interact. You'll learn how to disagree respectfully and communicate mindfully, as well as how to improve intimacy and reignite your sex life. 
and so much more. Spark My Relationship isn't just a course for struggling couples. It's a course for couples who want to see their relationship flourish. If this is you, then you are a perfect fit for the course. So for a special offer for our ID podcast listeners, head over to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Again, for 30% off the course, plus special bonuses just for ID podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Yeah, it is tricky. And sometimes it's just remembering to remember. And sometimes it's also noticing for yourselves, like for you, Sarah, maybe what gets in the way of me doing that? And that's a whole other exploration, right? What gets between me and doing this more? Is it just that I forget? He's expressed to me so many times how important this is to him. It really doesn't take all that much to um, give him an extra hug in the morning or or kiss each other hello at the end of the day or have just a hug, just um, a really mindful hug at the end of the at the end of the day when we come when we come home and see each other, or maybe you guys see each other all day long, but to take a moment during the day where you just Hold each other's bodies and just be together, noticing this familiar partner, noticing their smell, noticing their presence, the temperature of their body, what your body feels like next to theirs. Just being able to take these moments, right? What gets in the way of that? Right? So that's another exploration. So it's we kind of have to explore, okay, I can't right now and it's annoying. We can understand that. Oh, you're trying to, to you know control me in quotes again, tell me what to do, parent me, what I'm doing isn't good enough. And then there's also this, well, what does get in the way? What gets between me and and doing this more? Right? And that's a whole other piece to look at. Well, and I think too, it's about, for me, just making it a habit and just getting, you know, just doing it every day. And then it just becomes more natural because like you said, Chase and I, we both work from home. So we see each other all day. So, Uh you know, one long hug at, at the beginning or the end of the day may be enough for me, but it may not be enough for him. So because we see each other all day. So it seems like there should be a lot more times that we do embrace each other. So it's just, Uh for me, it's just, it's just making it a habit and knowing that it makes Mm -hmm. him feel loved when I do it and I want to make him feel loved. So I just make it happen. (laughs) Wow. What's it like to hear that, Chase? Sarah just said, I want to make him feel loved. I want to make that happen. I, I have to work at it more. What's it like even to hear that? Yeah, it feels, it feels great. And She's expressed that before and and I try to give her the benefit of the doubt and I think that's important to do in relationships and I know it it's almost I love Sarah's family and and they are mm-hmm. great and and I say this with love but it's almost comical how untouchy they are <laughs> like, uh, compared okay, to my yeah. family you know like yeah. like they're believe me that like they are warm and and great people and and I love them and uh-huh. I hug them but like compared to like my mom and the way I and Sarah mm-hmm. and I have talked about this but it, yeah. it it just shows like we are a product of our genes and our environment and our upbringing and I as 
as far back as I can yeah. remember meeting Sarah's family, I'm like, oh, that's why it's so uh-huh. unnatural for you to like be lovey uh-huh. and, and right. huggy. And we're at my my mom's house now, actually visiting, and and every night before bed, you know, it's a hug and a kiss to me and to Sarah and to our daughter. Uh-huh. And, and and again, it's not to say that Sarah's mom doesn't do that sometimes too, but it's it's. I mean, and Sarah will admit it's it's not. It's not like the thing. And so anyways, just trying to give her the benefit of the doubt and, and realizing that it doesn't come natural to her. Um, But yeah, it is this, but it is kind of this ongoing thing. And I think that's what it means to be in a relationship and to be a human is that we're growing and, and we're not robots. And Sarah has 22 years of programming before we met and, and, very important developmental years of that made her who she is in, in this unique way. And then when she comes to me, who also came from the same thing and we're both coming in to become this relationship from such different ways. And we're trying to figure out how to work together. It's like this ongoing process. Oh yeah. And also, by the way, one other layer of this is different cultures, different ethnicities. Um, that it's a real thing, you know. Families are are different. Um, Italian families, Irish families, Jewish families. There's all, you know, Greek families. There's there's cultural things built in too. It's a whole other layer. Um, and so, just like with the love languages that you've talked about, right? It, it's maybe getting a little bit bilingual, right? Mm-hmm. What what each other's love languages are. Um, just being a little bilingual with each other and, and learning each other's. Sarah, you didn't mention what yours are. Um, I'm sure you guys have probably read the book and, mm-hmm. and done that, but yeah. Well, mine are uh, words of affirmation and receiving gifts. Those are mine, uh-huh. mine too. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So getting a little fluent in each other's love languages, getting a little bilingual or trilingual if necessary. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's another part of this equation. We talk about on the podcast and something I try to do is rather than just say, well, Sarah's not meeting my needs, not meeting my love languages. We talked about what hers are. We figured them out. And then you asked her what makes it easier for her to express uh, love towards me in the way that I receive it. And it's that a lot of times it's when I'm meeting her needs and her love languages. Right. So I've tried to mm-hmm. make an effort in the same way that I know she's trying is to, yeah. to get her a gift, uh, you know, a heartfelt gift or, or make her something. It doesn't have to be something bought all the time. And then right. to, to say things to her that meet her love language. And then it's going to make her feel more loved and more likely to meet, to meet his needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So the more loved that you feel, Sarah, the more you are willing to, or the uh, maybe willing isn't the right word, but um, maybe willing is the right word, but the more you are inclined to reach out and meet Chase's needs. Is that, is yeah. that what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So when you feel valued and validated and loved, then it's it's a lot easier to reach out. It is. And yeah. But it's it's like you said, it's that circle, it's that that diagram that just keeps revolving and 
just to throw this in here, I think the last time we had this conversation was at the beginning of July. And Mm -hmm. we came to an agreement that that me being active and working out was very important to him. I obviously want to be able to show that love. So what works Mm -hmm. for me is working out at a minimum of twice a week. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like I can do that. I know one, I I just need to in general because it's healthy and it's it's what I Mm -hmm. deep down want to do. And, Mm -hmm. and then I keep track of that. I have a little list. I'm actually looking at it right now. I write down the days that I work out and so far it, I think it's been working as, as a kind of a, what's the word in the middle? The it's, it's been a compromise. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't had, because we would inevitably the conversation would come up every, you know, I would say, okay, I'm not going to say anything to Sarah because if I say something, she's going to feel like I'm controlling her. And, and then I would, I'd be pretty good at that. And, but then it's just uh-huh. hard for me to suppress my feelings. And that goes back to my question and, and what we talked about of like, well, at what point do we abolish our feelings? And I don't think that that is healthy if, the, you know, a lot of times. And so mm-hmm. we yeah. would then. So, go ahead. so just real quick, and this is where mindfulness can come in. Um, when you when you take a pause before for both of you before either of you react to the other, right? And say, um, and you know, for instance, Sarah, if you notice, okay, I'm tightening up. I'm feeling that feeling of being controlled again, and I'm tightening up. To take an inward turn, right? And and like a U turn inside, and saying, okay, well, what's What's going on for me? Because the thing about change is you have to do something different, right? Um, What's going on for me here? And to be able to express it like that, because you know, you just said, you know, I want him to feel loved. I want Chase to know I love him. Be able to say, right now, I'm struggling because I'm getting that sense of, Ooh, this feels like the control. This feels like you're taking away the autonomy of me and I have to do what you want. And that for me is so foreign because it goes against every grain in me because I was always someone who, you know, was on, you know, had my path carved out and I knew what I had to do to get by. And this is, I'm, I'm having a reaction right now. And maybe in those moments that you would need to say to Chase, right now what I need to know is that, and I'm making something up, right? Mm -hmm. Something like I need to know that I'm I'm having this reaction. I need to know that it's okay if I don't do just what you want and that you're still here for me too. And I do want to make you feel loved. Is there a different way I can do it right now? Um, Because I don't want to do that. And I, do you know what I'm saying? So talk, mm-hmm. so for both of you to be taking that U-turn inside, what's going on for me? Because for you, Chase, maybe it would come out with, maybe it would come out as more of, I'm really feeling a need for connection with you. And um, I know for me that would work at the gym, but I know that's probably not going to work for you. Can can you hold my hand for a little bit? Can you just give me a hug? Um, would it be okay? 
if we could just connect right now in a physical way with some touch. Does that make sense? And I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just throwing out some examples. It's really got to come mm-hmm. from within the two of you, what you might need or need to say. But rather than to have all this unsaid, to really say, I am yearning right now for closeness to my to my wife, to my partner, to my lover. And um, I mean, I think that's a very beautiful a very beautiful thing. I I th- I think that's a, a great point, and and all of this is uh, it's it's not easy, you know. And and the this maybe the first instinct for a lot of people is to not communicate around this, and like we talk a lot about on the show, and we then become resentful, and these things build up, and then we have a big blowout. So. You've given yeah. Sarah and I and I hope our listeners some great tools to communicate around this, to to yeah. examine our past, to to try to understand from both sides why we're being mm-hmm. triggered or why we feel the need to to yeah. to receive love in a certain way. And there's all these things and, and I'm glad we were able to to give a specific example from Sarah and I and talk it through. I think it's really valuable. Um, why don't we finish uh, with a couple of things? I want to just ask you now that we're communicating around this, Sarah and I have been for a while now, but maybe our listeners haven't, or they're just starting. How do you find that balance between expressing your desires and maybe just drilling down on it too much. Yeah. Uh, That's where I find I struggle and Sarah and I with like almost too much focus on, I'm not feeling love this way. Can you do that? And we're like almost have too much information. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Especially with what you folks do every day, uh, you know, with these podcasts. Um, so, and it's a great question. And a lot of times what's expressed on the surface and kind of where we started today, right? That so we could talk, we came up, we'll talk about control, but really we did drill down and it's really not about control. It's about the yearnings underneath it. It's about the triggers underneath it. And most importantly, it's about what happens between you. It's not your problem, Chase, and it's not your problem, Sarah. It's this cycle that happens between you. And so one thing I always do is just tell couples, you've got to, you've got to be aware of when your cycle pops up. You know, once we kind of illustrate it and draw it and we explain it and understand it, like then, then they have that aerial view of, oh yeah, this is what happens between us. And then to sort of be able to drop below, this is, I think, maybe more pointed answer to the question you just asked, Chase, to drop below those surface um, expressions like, hey, come to the gym with me. I really want us to go to the gym together. And then you feeling annoyed. No, I don't I don't want to go to the gym. Um, why don't you come to the gym? Uh, what's the big deal? Can't you come to the gym? Uh, I don't want to. So to drop down below and what's happening below that? Because there's like the surface sort of what a lot of times, and maybe not in this case so much, but can be anger. And that, you know, as I'm sure you know, that anger can be Anger with a little A or anger with a very big A, and it can get explosive, right? Um, but dropping down below to just what we just talked about, those more vulnerable feelings, 
right now I'm feeling disconnected and that's hard for me. Sitting with this uncertainty is hard for me. And I just need whatever it is that you would need in that moment to know that you're here for me. And on on your side, Sarah, you know, this is, it's so difficult for me to be told what to do because it just goes against everything and it makes me feel, and I, I don't know, we didn't talk that much about that. So I don't know more about, um, you know, that feeling of being parented like that is so uncomfortable for you. And um, what I need right now is, is this, to know that you're my partner, to know that you respect me, to know that um, you see me as your equal and you're not trying to tell me what to do, to know that you think that I am capable and um, that you're not trying to control my body. Um, it's hard for me when I have this feeling and it makes me feel tense or whatever it does inside, but to, just to move down below the surface of what's going on into the more vulnerable space and then to communicate from that space. And that creates a different conversation. Wendy, this has been really <laughs> great information for, for Sarah and yeah. I, and I love, like I Thank said, you. how we were able to use this specific example and, and I hope our listeners can apply mm -hmm. it to whatever they're facing in their relationship. And I hope it shows, and we say it a lot on this podcast, but we're just trying to figure it out like, like anyone else out there and, and anyone that sure. says they have it all <laughs> yeah. figured out is probably lying. And, and that's what it, the beauty of relationship is. It, it teaches you a lot about yourself helps you yes, examine your past and, and then you do that together and you try to work together better. So yeah, we appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and helping us break this down. And why don't we finish up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you online and if there's anything you want to leave with our listeners um, and sure. then we will say goodbye. Sure. Well, Firstly, thank you for having me so much, and thank you both for your vulnerability and being able to discuss your own example of yourselves and to illustrate the whole concept here, because that, that takes a lot of courage uh, to do that and sort of lay your, your personal life out on the line in, in public like that. So I, I bow to you for that. I appreciate that. I, I um, respect that tremendously. Um, my uh, information, my website is wendydumbrofftherapy.com. It's Wendy with an I, W-E-N-D-I. I know most people spell it with a Y, but wendydumbrofftherapy.com. And my phone number is 973-937-8651. And I'm in Madison, New Jersey. And I really appreciate you having me on today. Excellent. Well, we'll have all those links and your contact information on our website on your show notes page. And those links will also be in the podcast description. And again, Wendy, thank you so much for uh, reviewing and talking about this with us. It was uh, very enlightening and I've learned a lot. And uh, yeah, you're welcome to come back on the show anytime. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you again for having me. I appreciate it. 
Hi guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, we are all here for each other. Um, The group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook, Love Tribe Fam. And you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our flagship course, Spark My Relationship, we hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more. As always, thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com